Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Flames Cap. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Flames Fancast. It's Saturday evening. The Flames finished off their game with Carolina about three hours ago. Not the greatest, but you know what? We're very happy to have you with us today, and uh, it's our contest giveaway. So I realized in our infinite wisdom that uh, if you listen to a podcast, you don't necessarily have to live in Calgary, so tickets might not be the greatest thing for everyone. So if you win the contest, we'll give you your choice of either two tickets to a Flames game of your choosing, or you can have a jersey. <laughs> and not, all not, you have no, to do... Uh, not a customized jersey, though. <laughs> okay. Because that's, like, a little out of our budget. I don't know. We're not sponsored by anybody. We're unsullied by sponsors, as a wise man says on NBA on You TNT. get a jersey. It's cool. Like, it'll be yeah, great. We'll, we'll, obviously, we'll give you a real jersey, not one from freaking AliExpress.com. <laughs> it's going to be, like, an actual jersey from... The Flames Fanatic. We'll even give you the receipt if you want. So what you have to do to enter the contest is simply send us an email at flamesfancast at gmail.com or send us a DM on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, our handle's at flamesfancast. It's pretty hard to miss. And just tell us why you listen. So tell us why you listen to the episodes um, and we'll pick a, a winner at random, and we'll, we'll announce that winner on episode 51 of the Flames Fancast. And we'll be in touch, hopefully, before then so that it goes forward. So all you need to do to enter is send us a message either via email at flamesfancast at gmail.com or on Twitter. You can DM us at flamesfancast telling us why you listen. Direct and then family members are not allowed to win. <laughs> and we know that they're like 80% of our listening demographic so no family members you know who you are friends okay it's borderline i am anyway. so encouraged an example that your family knows that they're related to you that the example here that we could use is i listen to you guys because you guys just tell it how it is or whatever so yeah. but you can't why, actually don't why use you that listen now. yeah don't use i that now. have a very awful commute and i need something to fill the time that's I, totally fair i fucking hate the flames sometimes i need to listen to these guys who are irrational assholes about it that's a good one, too. I will take that. Just so you know, we spent about five minutes before this show sound checking, and uh, Jenk didn't realize that his microphone was turned off. Okay. We don't, no one needs I mean, to he, he did that. everyone a favor because he was super quiet, but uh, it, he got it working, so now it's I all. blame the flames for my lack of audio technical know-how today. I, I've just been off since we lost against fucking Carolina. So I hate when we get scored against by Dougie Hamilton. That's yeah, like an extra kick who in the balls. Right? Uh, hey, I mean, on our 50th episode, just want to thank everyone for listening so much. And I mean, well, here we go. The Carolina game was today. It ended our seven-game win streak, I'm afraid. Gave Jeff Ward his first loss as a head coach in the NHL. Uh, I honestly don't think the game was as reflective of a 4 nothing scoreline as it, as it should be. No. We didn't get dominated by any means. I mean, I remember watching it with you and saying, uh, we're really taking it to them in this first period, but we need to score. Because it was just one of those games where you could see Reimer really getting into it. I know they showed that little clip with Cassie Campbell. He just He looks like a backup goalie who hasn't had much luck and hasn't played in a while. I mean, I can't speak to Carolina's situation much at all. But like he's, he viewed this as his chance to come out at and, and, and get things done. And, I mean, he had a few saves early, big saves, and just got himself in the game, got in a rhythm. 
Well, credit to him. Like he he played solid. I mean, James Reimer's not like a guy that stands out as this goal goalkeeping elite in the league by any stretch, but everyone has their game. Like they frankly, like if we didn't score, I mean, we needed to score one of those chances out of the like five quality chances we had in the first period. We need to just score one yeah, of those. We needed to and, score. You know, frankly, like they shouldn't have been so dejected in the second period. Um, and in the third, you know, to call them out on that, because when you look at the gameplay in the first period, Carolina had no answer for our pressure. They had no way of like isolating our stars. They had no way of like really counteracting what we were doing. We just needed a quality shot on that. And at some point, I think you, you said it was like beach ball shots at him at one, like yeah. throughout the it, game. It was and, like he's saving. Yeah. Be, they were not high quality scoring chances. You know, we, we I were just the one that sticks into the memory is that reader shot that just kind of floated in on him. He's just, right. Oh, that's an easy save. Right. And like, I think, I think if there's one thing that I'm slightly disappointed on is, and probably not going to be a very popular opinion here, but I wouldn't have ma- minded, uh, I wouldn't have, ma- fuck, I can't, f- you know, the flames really fucked me up. Okay, sorry, let me just rewind here. It would have been nice to see Ronaldo play today. I know that he's not the most talented player, like, I know he's kind of behind in the modern game, but perhaps he earned frankly, it. Frankly, yeah, he earned it, and I really don't see why he shouldn't be playing over a Jankowski. I think Jankowski's and, presence has stepped up a little bit more well, since... It's, but it's not enough, right? Okay, I, that's fair. It's not enough. Like, Jankowski should be someone uh, that we demand a little bit more out of. He's got hands. He's got the size. He refuses to use his size. It's been a few years now. And he's got all this raw potential. And he just... He's mentally kind of blocked from really realizing that potential. And I actually think because Ronaldo was on in the lineup... And because he was doing so well, I think that actually elevated Janko. I think Janko started playing much harder when he started realizing, like, oh, fuck, this guy who's been floating around teams in the AHL for, like, the last, like, six seasons is showing me up. I didn't have – and he's probably thinking to himself, I didn't even have one goal celebration. I wasn't even on the ice for one goal until recently. Yeah. And it's been a third of the season. That's a shocking statistic. That was Jankowski? Yeah, Jankowski was not on the ice for a goal celebration until like basically like last game or the game before that. So like Jankowski's been shit, like straight up shit. And he needed to play way like I think Ronaldo actually got him like going. He's like, okay, I got to fucking get my shit together here. Uh huh. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but again, like it goes back to we've been saying this over the years is that we need to give time to guys who deserve it on merit. Like Ronaldo, fuck, like. He's done he's done a lot. He fought, he got points, he's got energy on the ice, he wins board battles. Like he does the simple shit that some of our guys refuse to do. Right? Yeah. So, little disappointed in that, but that's, you know, if I'm nitpicking that, then that means, you know, Ward's doing a good job. I mean, it's better than me talking about Johnny not stepping up or Monahan not stepping up or Lindholm playing like crap or whatever. So, Back to the Carolina game, we got sidetracked a little bit there. And I mean, I kind of see your point about Ronaldo, but at the same time, I think the organization views him as a very fringe player with a niche a, a niche need. Yeah. And I don't think he's the everyday kind of guy that they want, right? I still think that as an organization, we have that developmental view of Jankowski. And though even though he's struggling, he's, he's part of the team and it's, they don't want to move that guy down. But it's the same idea as Bennett. 
I mean, how yeah, long are you going to give these guys until they... Ben is out, though, right? No, I know, but it's the same kind of argument with Bennett. Like, we've given him how many years? Again, but like, you look at Bennett, who was our best player in the playoffs. I know, and like, but that's what... That's that carrot that he keeps dangling back to management, saying, like, I'm actually really good. Just give me some more time, right? But I mean, I think it's too bad that he was really injured when the Lions got blown up because he would have had an opportunity with new line mates yeah, and perhaps time more time. Sure. That's bad time. And it's never a good time. To imagine, be like, you know, if, we, if we're moving Backlund to the wing, you've got radical changes happening at this hockey club in the terms of how they're fielding their personnel. Yeah. And if you had Bennett out there with that kind of opportunity to succeed, maybe he's in the middle at that point. Or maybe he's playing out wide somewhere else. But, I mean, he's a natural center. Yeah, maybe we turned him into a winger. But I think the Carolina game showed kind of this, um, you know, some of the pieces that we still could be missing as a team. Like when you have a game like this where you should easily be winning two, three, nothing by the first period, you do see your shortfalls as well. So well, aside from not having quality shots, that's I mean that's something that I mean who who doesn't want well. quality goal scorers? Yeah, that but. The other, I'm talking about all the other deficiencies that we were seeing. So we had defenders getting a little bit too aggressive on the, on the forecheck. We were getting, we were seeing uh, board battles, not one, right? We were seeing a lack of energy in the two, second and third period. You need a guy or a couple guys, every time they step on the ice, everybody gets excited to see what they're about to do in terms of smoking a guy into the boards, winning that like extra puck battle on the boards, whatever, right? Like that's that's all I'm trying to say. Like I wasn't trying to deflect into Ronaldo. I'm just saying as a I hear what kind you're of saying. An over, yeah, uh, overall, an, ener- an energy player is in essence, right? right? We, we need like in games like this. I, this I agree with player. you in the fact that I don't think Jankowski's bringing much to this team, especially with the skill set that he has and the kind of size that he has. We're not utilizing his greatest attributes. Whereas someone like Ronaldo comes in. And puts his greatest strengths out there because you don't you don't, you don't want to be exposed as weak with Ronaldo, right? You're probably not anywhere near the greatest hockey player out there, but you have other things that you can bring to that team, right? Right. What is it that Jankowski brings? I don't know if he's bringing much to the club at this very moment or like has done this season. Whereas someone like Ronaldo might bring that, but again, like I I, I think the organization views him as a player that they want to keep in the lineup so that that growth and development can happening. And maybe it's not, maybe it's stagnated completely, but hands down, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but yeah, like the other thing is like, if Jankowski actually started playing with that desperation, that a guy like Ronaldo or any fringe player for that matter, because all these fringe players that come in, they're jumping off that cliff without a harness. They're just trying to make that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like in that, it's like in Batman, in Batman uh, Return, or whatever, the, the last one, when he was trying to get out of that hole, right? When the guy told him, don't have the harness on, and then you're going to make that jump. Otherwise, you're going to die, right? Like, you need to have that... Got to like, take off the handbrake. Yeah, like, you, like, Jankowski needs to play like he's like, if I screw up the next couple of games, I'm getting sent down kind of mentality. I don't think he has that mentality, right? I know, but, there, like, maybe he needs to get sent down for that. I think he's on a one... Is he on a one-way? I don't know. I'll double check that. It's probably something that we're not going to do because of that reason. Sure. But that's, I mean, yeah, but then you scratch him or you try to trade him, right? Like I, I I just, I need, we need guys that are just every game, like a Kachuk, like energy guys, whatever, come in and they want to win. Like when I see players like kind of coasting around and shit, it's just, it's fucking frustrating to watch. 
Like Monaghan defending that second goal or third sure, goal? Sure, yeah. Like, but uh. in terms, like, but Monaghan, you know, by and large, he adds so much value on the ice that we can forgive him from time to time when stuff like that happens. Because the guy does snipe. Absolutely. I'm not saying that he's justified to make a mistake, but the guy uh, adds so much value. I mean, at the same time, he can't, uh, and I believe the goal we're referencing is that Fogel goal. Yeah. He just kind of glides into the goalie and you know you made a great reference it's like his controller disconnected if you ever play nhl (laughs) your player just kind of skates aimlessly that's exactly what he was like but i mean i guess we're not expecting too much of our forwards on defense but i think monahan prides himself in his two-way game and i thought that should be a little bit better than it was but you know what can you do right that one's done and dusted it's in the books um anything else in the carolina game oh the offside call that was so, not an offside call. Apparently, it was it the was, NHL it got it bang onside. on. It was onside. So, I, it took me, like, I don't know how many replays to, like, see this. And the NHL was really quick to release a, um explanation on it. Mostly because I think everybody and their friends and their parents and, like, their little brothers were tweeting, like, the NHL nonstop. But um, what happened was <clears throat> the... Uh, I forgot the player that brought it in, um, but what happened was he brought the puck back in, but as he brought the puck back in, he didn't actually touch the puck when the puck was back in the zone, like a delayed offside. And the player uh, tagged up just before. So it just they just, they just got lucky, essentially. Well, it, the timing was pretty perfect. Immaculate. Like, it, it was immaculate. Yeah, I mean, frankly, it was lucky. Like, because I don't think these guys were... You know, he was trying to pull a fast one and just bring the, bring the puck back inside, right? There's no way that he knew that his player was in the zone or if he tagged up or whatever. There's no way that he had his head up, head up on that play. No chance. And I I don't know why I'm forgetting the name right now um, that tagged up. But anyhow, they... McCann, McGinn? No, it wasn't McGinn. Um, anyway, we'll um, deliver Yeah, and later. I mean, do you think that... Because if I was a coach, I'd kind of be losing my mind after seeing that on the iPad. Do you think that uh, Jeff Ward knew that he had got it wrong somehow because someone told him, yeah, that's fine? Whereas it, a, a little bit after they made the call, I, I think calling the coach's challenge on that was the right thing to do. Absolutely. It was the right thing to do because even when you look at how it was onside, we're talking like half a second like it, it was so close, way faster, way faster than that. Well, yeah, like, like way faster, a, a, a but tenth, a hundredth right. of a second. So as a coach, and when you're watching the game as a coach, you're not necessarily watching guys tagging up on an offside. You're more watching like what the hell just happened with the puck in that play. And when you're watching those replays, like even Sportsnet had the same replay. Well, I mean, I'm assuming they're watching Sportsnet feeds or whatever on those iPads, right? And they probably have Saddle Dome feed as well on a different one, but. You know, they were seeing the same thing that Rick Ball and Cassie Campbell were seeing. And they were even like, Rick Ball and Cassie Campbell were like, how is this like offside? Right? It took them pretty much the whole intermission to figure it out. Like Wes Gilbertson, like he was like, yeah, I watched it a few times. It is, it is onside. It's fine. Right? So as a coach though, for sure, like everybody in the stadium, everybody on social media was like, this is fucking offside. And like, how the fuck did you blow this one? Right. So no one can blame Ward on that. Like, no, absolutely if, not. He know, made per, the right call. hundred percent. Personally, I'd love to see him fucking I just, lose I, it on that. Yeah. Play, I but. think he didn't lose it because between making that call and the call being made, somehow someone told him it was onside. And, but the, apparently the referee, the linesman told him that 
it was a Calgary player that brought the puck back in. Okay, that's which bullshit. Was, which was that's, bullshit. That's like, bullshit. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's what Rick Ball said. I, you know, I, I don't want to quote the guy, but anyhow, so he, right play, we fucked up, but you know what? Like, and Cassie Campbell said this, and she's she was right. You gotta fucking forget it. You know, the game goes on. Life goes on. Fuck, guys. If they fucked up the call, even if the call was wrong, who cares? It's not, they're not going to be like, oh, okay, let's just replay the game tomorrow. Right? Like, they're not going to give a fuck. The NHL does not give a shit if they mess up a call. Especially against Calgary, let's yeah, be well, honest. we've already seen it. You know, the Dennis Wyman thing, like, I don't think it still exists. No, no. The ghost of Dennis is alive and well. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, he, he no, is there every no, game. No, no, I can no. feel his presence. No, no. He, he is like sucking my soul out and then eating it in front of me. That's okay. Dennis Weidman's ghost. You, it's I see it. Each, it's tough to eat I your soul when you don't have Coming back to the flames. Yeah, okay, sure. But I see him like gliding back to the flames bends, just looking how he can screw over the flames one more time before. Yeah, honestly, like I, if, if, if there's anything that we need to like see out of that whole thing is – the boys need to bounce back. If anything, that should have pissed them off. Yeah. Right? I, no, it just kind of drained the energy from the team, and they're like, and the stadium well, for that I guess matter. the run is over. The stadium was, was uh, dead, like a pin it drop. Was, it was an awful atmosphere today, and part of it's because of the 2, 2 p.m. drop. But Yeah, that's stupid. I don't know why they do that. There was It was so quiet in there, so quiet, and there wasn't really much going on. But, heck, I mean, what can you do? Get some get some football ultras in there and see how it goes. Let's chat about the recent seven-game win streak, though. And I mean, wow, what a bounce back, really, especially all things considered for this club with the whole Bill Peters situation. And, I mean, wow, I did not expect Ward to go 7-0, only losing today, I can tell you that. Yeah, I don't think really anyone expected it. I think everyone expected a bit of a bounce back from the boys, but certainly not a seven-game win streak. I feel slightly vindicated for that, like, four listeners who might have listened to when I said I was a bit concerned when they stopped doing the whole Gatorade thing. Yeah. And now on the seven-game win streak, everybody's in it. They're, like, just opening their mouths, and they're not even aiming for mouths. They're just, like, having a water fight on the bench just with those Just spraying things. each other. It's great. That's, like, something has clicked with these guys and got them back gelling and comfortable and having fun again. And it's noticeable. It's noticeable. And, I mean, perhaps you can lay a lot of that onto the fact that Bill Peters is no longer the coach. I don't really know if that's fully the case but seeing these guys on the bench doing the whole Gatorade thing again and just like loving it and laughing it up and you know using that as their trademark and going forward with it I think that's great I mean I know if it was me I I got hit in the face all the time with that you know sweaty sticky sugary beverage that just kind of wouldn't go away (laughs) I'd be a little upset but I mean I guess they don't care I guess they view it as like a Almost a trophy that well, there's there's good camaraderie there, right? Yeah, like, I think, and I think it's I I like seeing that when they're doing that. They're not they're they're comfortable and they're happy playing with each other and they're they're celebrating in their accomplishments together. I like that a lot. I'm glad that's back yeah. aggressively. Like, and I think you know, in general, the players do look a little bit more. They look more loose. Uh, they are working harder. Like today's today's just a bit. It, it's an outlier today. Like let's just chalk it up to that. But those seven games that we've won, they looked energetic every shift. They, you know, even when they went down, they played really hard. 
you know, th- it was like it was an unbreakable team there for a while. So, like, that was really good to see. And obviously, we have the potential to be as good as, you know, that showed, right? Like, we are a decent team. Like, the the lineup, the players, we are a good team. It's just, it's really frustrating to see that, like, you know, a coach or whatever affected it that much. But I think the number one thing is here is that let's just ride what we got. And but we need to tweak while we can. And as it, well. and I know that that seven game win streak is not necessarily sustainable, but it came at a good time, and we really needed it, obviously. But I mean, when you've got you know Ronaldo getting two point games, and then he doesn't play the next game, I'm sure that's a bit unfair. But I mean, that kind of production is not sustainable, and we saw a lot of contribution from all four lines. Um, yeah. everyone was chipping in, everyone was contributing. Again, I'm not sure that's the norm, perhaps a bit more of the exception, but I mean, in an 82 game season, you're going to have ebbs and flows that go all the time. And I, perhaps we're just riding a bit of a crest of a wave there and, but you know, you're going to have troughs as well. So why not take those chances when they come? And I guess credit to the flames. They definitely took them. They, 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 they beat seven teams in a row. And I mean, that's an impressive feat. Uh, we were one of the hottest teams in the NHL the past two weeks, that's for sure. Got ourselves a place back in playoffs contention. Yeah, we caught up to the Oilers. Fucking Watch losers. Edmonton exploding yeah. again. Yeah, Life's good. Life yeah. is good when it comes to The natural to that. order of things is coming slightly back. Yeah. So, um, anything else you wanted to add on those recent games, recent form? I No, I think all, all in all, it looks good. I'm, you know, in general, it's good to be a Flames fan again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was nice to see again, like guys getting rewarded, like you know Ronaldo's side, like I think, and he was getting rewarded too. But like, it's good to see guys getting, you know, moved down to lines, moved up lines, like moved, shifted around. Like this is they completely. This is good. That's this is the the biggest line changing shift I've seen in a long time. Yeah, since really Goudreau and Monahan. Well, in about two years, probably that case. Absolutely. Uh, the 3M line kind of, was it last year or the year before where they were not lights out? It was the year before, wasn't it? Year it was before, two, year, yeah. two years ago. They kind of weren't always together last year and they came back together a lot of the time, uh, this year and the year prior. But, uh, I like having Kachuk on the top unit. I think, I think that someone realized perhaps take a bit of pressure off Johnny and he can, relax more and contribute more and if he's not always playing against the, the first line guys sure uh, and i mean i think we do have a squad more tailored to uh equal distribution of talent among lines rather than top loading because when we saw the top loading it was our first line when they weren't playing we were in deep deep shit and we weren't always getting that kind of production and scoring from the other three lines but now that we've kind of spread it out and other players have had a chance to take that opportunity to show what they can do I think it's been a lot more successful especially with um, even Backlund moving on the wing I mean even today I was impressed with his play a lot Absolutely. of creative chances and I and I know it's it's early in seeing him do that but it, it looks like he's kind of taken a more power role in that uh, more driving to the net using his, his speed a bit more I like it yep absolutely Let's talk about Goudreau's post-game interview against... Who was it against? It was against uh, Toronto. Toronto. So, I wish I could find... like For some reason, the Flames' Twitter doesn't have it now. Maybe they... It's like their ears were burning. So, anyway, 
Johnny on the post-game interview, um, I'm going to paraphrase it, unfortunately, because I can't seem to find it. But um, I'll actually read Monaghan's as well, because it's pretty much up the same alley. Um, anyway, so after the game against the Maple Leafs, obviously it was a great game to watch. Everybody enjoyed it. We had a hell of a third period. Um, but Goudreau was saying, basically, you know, we're happy for Ward. We're really happy we're playing in front of him. You know, we're enjoying the game again type thing. So it was a pretty big attack on Peters, obviously. It's a, it's a slight of Peters Veiled. for sure. Yeah, a slight, I it's think. It's a slight. Um, but he was basically saying, like, you know, really enjoying playing in front of him. We're really happy for him. Like, these are things that, like, players weren't saying about I mean, Peters I, at all. I'm not sure if anyone was really surprised that Goudreau and Peters didn't get along. Right. Or we're like the best of friends, if you will. Right. But yeah, I mean, the interview itself, when you're reading between the lines, is pretty damning. Yeah, and it's, it's a damning. It indictment, is, and but. and it's not a surprise, obviously, because of uh, what transpired. But I think my biggest problem is when I see. So we agree that Goudreau is our superstar, right? Yeah, obviously, absolutely. Um, one of them, but probably the the marquee guy that we look at. Um, I am not happy with a guy, my star saying, you know, because this stuff, because what, what it comes down to is it's like, oh, so you feel like playing now because you like the coach. I really hate that. So I know a good coach will get you, will, will elevate your game a little bit more. I get that. Good coaches are, are so important in the game and any professional sport, frankly. But when you have a quote unquote bad coach, Unless this guy was actually maybe physically abusing you or like mentally abusing you like constantly, put that aside. Assume that wasn't really happening with Goudreau because I don't think Peters would do that to the stars. You know, I feel like he picked on the players that were not really the, the fringe guys. I can see him picking on Frolik, for example, because there's something. Imagine when, a bully some, picking on the popular kids. Yeah, well, like yeah, that exactly. happens all yeah, the time. Exactly. So he was obviously picking on Frolik last season, probably, right? Of you know, I thought it was pretty unfair how he's treating him. But anyhow, so Johnny is basically saying, when I when I'm playing for a coach that I like, here we go. We got seven wins in a row, and before that, he was playing average. To below average for the majority below, of the season. Below average. Below average. Below average. And especially for a guy who was our marquee guy, you like a coach can't be the difference between you not playing and you playing. It needs to be between you playing well and you playing extremely well. That's it. When you're the star and you're not getting targeted by Peter, and again, I'm assuming Peter's didn't target him, you need to be fucking performing every game. You need to be coming out like Kachuk every game. So that comment actually pissed me off because it's basically like yeah i feel like playing now right <laughs> and hannafin had the same thing it wasn't monahan hannafin said i think guys are playing fearless they're not afraid really to make mistakes wardo wants that so it's another guy saying basically peters was an asshole but now we don't have peters we're just going to play better guys you should be fucking showing up every game and playing your hearts out that is your job you are not above the coach you're not above the club you come in, yeah, you get paid fucking seven, eight, nine, ten million a year. That but that to me is not an excuse to basically have full control of how the club does and performs just because you don't like somebody. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I hear and, you. Yeah. And to me, to me, if this is true, again, I'm making pretty big claims and, and allegations based on 
very little of what well, I know. In fairness, like it's not your typical sports interview, right? No, they're I just kind didn't of like revealing that. a lot more about what's going on in the club than what is actually uh, revealed in a typical interview. Sure. Like, well, we got out hustled, yada 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 yada, right? But right. I mean, if Peter's I don't necessarily think that it's their attitude like that, but I can. Johnny, I'd be more inclined to think that than Hannafin. I mean, again, Hannafin is the kind of guy who's just left me always just, you know, mildly disappointed. Mildly right. disappointed. Right. And I, I, I'm not surprised to hear that coming from, Mon- like, Hannafin. I wish he took more risks, to be frank. I wish he would get up in the play more often and, and have that shot. I mean, our lack of one-timers is staggering, to be honest. Uh, we were mentioning today he needed to hit that first time there, and you know who it was? Brody. I mean, perhaps it's a bobbling puck, but you're an NHL professional player. Make it happen. Right. It's not the first bobbling puck you've ever seen come your way. Right. But. And I think it's just excuses. And, and honestly, like, what, what, was Bill Peters really that bad? That, but you guys played. Okay. He had a Jack Adams, like, year last season. Do you so think So was that, he really that bad? I think Peters... I think Goudreau's a little fussy. Sure. You know, and I think, I think that, kind of, that kind of attitude can be a bit contagious in a locker room. Right. I mean, guys like Gio and guys like Riddick with personalities of their own that are firmly defined, Kachuk, they're insulated from that kind of thing. But right. I don't think you can tell me that Monaghan and Hannafin, even Backlund to a sense, have personalities that are noticeable on a team. Right, Monaghan being noticeable for his lack of personality, if anything. Right? Well, I mean, he's very somber, right? Like he's just very like, and he I just think comes that in, does his job, and leaves. Do you I just think. think that they were just saying something for the point of saying something, or well, did maybe, they actually put that much thought in it to be like, yeah, you know, it's so much better without Bill Peters? How do I say that? There's, there's certainly a, a pretty high degree, I'm sure, that I'm maybe reading too much into it, but it's, I'm not making this up from nothing because we had Hartley, we had Gullitson, we had uh, Peters. Like every second year with these guys, somehow this team has but, just but, dropped in performance. But right? Gullitson was the player's coach. He yeah, was but, their buddy. But he was too much of their buddy. Like, you know what I mean? Like he, something goes, ha- something happens with this team every second year with a coach. And I got to think that there's something going on in the dressing room where it says, I don't fucking feel like playing for this guy anymore. But what 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 happens? Like those are three, you know, Hartley and Peters being a lot closer than Gullitson. But yeah, those are three. And I mean, I'm 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 sitting here myself thinking about Treliving's decisions, like going from a guy like Gullitson to well, was was Treliving Gullitson? No, yep. he was. No, he, he was. He was. Yeah. I'm not sure he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Treliving's been around for a while, man. Okay, but I mean, going from a guy like. Gullitson to Peters, but uh, I mean, I don't know if it's as simple as just every second year. I I, I think it's right. very complex. And what what would what would motivate them to say that? I I don't know, but there's something that like where something happens. We don't know what it is. X happens, and all of a sudden Johnny's like, ah, eh, don't feel like I, playing. I think we just have a bit of a fickle team. So, which leads me to my next point of, I'm still open to trading Johnny. And I'm not saying trade him because he's playing kind of like underwhelming hockey that has nothing to do with it. I know he's an excellent player. I get it. But can someone tell me, is this team ready for the playoffs? Are we a playoff team? 
I don't think anyone can say yes to me. It's a hard argument to make. So what it comes down to is it's not that Johnny's bad that I want to trade him. No. And it's not that I don't like John. I love Johnny. I think he's a fucking amazing player, but it's just not a fit. And so, you know, like when you see big trades happen in other leagues or even in this league, sometimes these guys just need a different atmosphere. Some teams fit Johnny's character better than other teams. It's, again, has nothing to do with him being a bad or a good player. It just, I don't think this is the player you need to succeed in the playoffs. It's, well, we know that. Well, but he's the player we got. Well, the history, well, okay, but he's not, it's not like he can't fetch value either. There are a lot of teams that would love to have that guy, especially with that contract. So I'm still on, on board of trading him, make a big trade. Like, obviously, I don't know if the Hall trade happened yet. Um, I, think I don't this think been, so. This I, it's imminent, to, but... Yeah, this has been beaten to death. Like, if there was a possibility of a straight swap... I think swap we're out that, of that. Like, yeah, I know we're definitely I know not involved in that. But if, if in, a, in a make-believe world, if there was a straight swap available for that, I would do it. I... Yeah. And only because it's not because again it's not a attack on Johnny. I think he's a freaking amazing player. My problem with him is I just don't think it's a fit here, and I just don't like comments like that at all. I'm okay with trading Hannafin too after that comment because we need guys that are competitors every time that they step onto the ice and they play for the team and they want to win. Like they are visibly pissed when they lose. Riddick. He made some save, I think, when it was 3 nothing today. And he does that typical, like, when he makes that save, he just lifts his stick in his other arm, like, as in, like, come on, guys, let's fucking go. Like, what's going on here? Like, I want players like that, hungry players that want to succeed. Not this, you know, I'm fucking tired of this coach or tired of this fucking, you know, physiotherapist. Like, I'm always injured or whatever. Like, these guys that look you know, for excuses. Their focus is in the right place and winning games. Right. Winning, not, not all these small things are bringing me down and I can't let, I, it's clouding right. my game, right? Right. I don't think Riddick lets anything cloud his game. No. If anything, he uses that kind of thing to build his game. But again, like, I think perhaps maybe something about this team, you know, if you play like a aggressive sports simulator, like football manager, Eastside hockey manager, you might want to attract players that have a similar personality right? Because yeah. they get on a lot better. This guy is driven. Whereas if this guy's driven and this guy is uh, easygoing, it doesn't always work out. Like, have you ever played sports where you're competitive as fuck, which is me, and you're playing sports with people who do not care about any of it? I mean, I know it's not a competitive game, but I just, it, it irks me. It bothers me. And I think you have a dichotomy of personalities on the flames right now. And, you know, the fact that we won seven games and had this camaraderie right now is impressive in that sense, but I don't think that's ever really going to go away. And maybe it manifests itself as two years of the same. It's the easiest piece to change is the coach, but I, I get what you're saying and I agree with it 100% with Riddick, right? Guys like Riddick, guys like Kachuk, guys like Gio, you want those guys on your team. And you have Johnny simply because of his skill, his finesse, well, his he's, silkiness. He's, well, he's probably like, the most talented player in the league. Johnny? Yeah. In terms of natural talent, I think he's... He's up there. He's definitely up, elite. Elite when it comes to that. That's how highly I view this guy. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's up there for sure. But, yeah. I mean, in the other categories, leadership, personality... Yeah, I just don't see that. He's not bringing a ton. And ironically, you know, part of the thing about... 
I know I mentioned the Philly hat a, a bunch of episodes ago and things like that, but when we play Philly and when he scores against Philly or we score against Philly, he celebrates wildly. Yeah, he's fired up all the time. So again, maybe it's there, and maybe and that's what I mean. Like it's there. Maybe that's that fire. Maybe he needs to play for the Flyers to have that constant fire that we've been looking for out of him. But he right? has that playing against the Flyers. You know, I I just find that weird. Wouldn't you be a bit more subdued? Like you're scoring against the team that you love. Yeah, I, that it is interesting. You're bringing their fortunes down, and you're just like <laughs> rubbing it in. You're you're so pumped that you scored against them. I just. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a weird. It's an enigma. Maybe really. he's been converted to flames. I don't know. Well, it doesn't seem like it. But again, it's he needs it's, to find a good old Calgary girl that's like, I'm not leaving, Johnny, and you love me too much. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'll take a pay cut to stay here for you, honey. Yeah, that's and it's like not gonna happen. I know it's not gonna happen. But if you're out there, ladies, and you're you're dating Johnny Goudreau, you don't let him go. Why, why did you say plural? Ladies, if you're dating... Sorry, ma'am. If you're out there, young, beautiful, attractive woman who has Johnny's heart. Don't assume this guy's playing the field like that. (laughs) Don't do that. Make him stay. (laughs) Make him stay. Yeah, again, to repeat... I just meant in case they dated him in the future. Ladies. ah, That's what I meant. That's good save. Thank you. Um, Again, to repeat, not saying Johnny's a bad player by any means... I'm just saying I'm totally okay with a trade if it makes sense, just because we just maybe need different pieces in this, in this puzzle here on our team. I just I, like seven games of rope, super impressive, but it just, there's still that like real underlying of, is this going to last? Is this going to last? And maybe that's that PTSD kicking in, but is this going to last? And in fairness, we played really well against Colorado. Like it wasn't like they, Looked dominant over us like they did in the playoffs no. last season. And we so. won that game too. Yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, when, usually when we play well, we were playing well today, and it looked like if we got that first goal, we were going to go on to a convincing like four or five one victory. That's what I thought it was going to be today. But we just we couldn't unlock the first one, and it just kind of cascaded down there with a kind almost a comedy of errors, right? Mm-hmm. But some of those goals, Riddick had no chance. Most of those goals, pretty much. I mean, he needs to get that Mike Smith out of him, but otherwise he's been fantastic. I, you know, played less, whatever. And we did get a bit lucky on the play where he held the puck and the Carolina player just shot up the middle. He didn't think he'd hold it for like that long, but, uh, what can you do? I mean, what a game, what a beautiful game hockey is. Yeah. I I just wish it wouldn't affect my mood so much whenever the flames lose. I mean, that's part of being a passionate fan though, isn't it? No, that's true. I, I mean, mean, you live and die your team's colors. You gotta have. I, you gotta I know. Have some I'm on the record as saying I. I know we were born. Uh, we were both uh, uh, Calgary. Calgary. Uh, born and raised. Born and raised in essence, and uh, it just I couldn't imagine cheering for any other team. And I, I know you're all Flames fans here, and you're listening, but I don't understand why people are like born in Calgary. Like I like Detroit. Because Steve Eiserman played there. I get Steve Eiserman's a great player, but, you know, your hometown has a club. And that's where your colors lie. And I, I think, uh, you know, my colors are always nailed to the mast in this case. And uh, that'll, never, that'll never change. It's like probably, you know, one of two things I'm loyal to in my life. And uh, it's just a great experience. I know we're pontificating a bit here about being a Flames fan, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Do we have... Um are we done? Do we have any more? There's Fro League. You want to talk about? Yeah, 
Why don't you start kick that one off? Frolik had in our seven game win streak, I think, or he had about three points prior to Bill Peters getting the can, and then after that, he's had seven points. Six points, right? Six points. Six, Six points seven in seven games. games yeah. There so three points prior, and he's doubled that tally in about basically as many games since Peters got fired. It's and we're not crazy. looking at a lot of power play time here. No. No, we're he's just looking well. at a player who's had the monkey firmly lifted and absolutely annihilated off his back. So a bit of a special shout out to Michael Froelich. I, I think I think it was pretty obvious that he was getting targeted by Peters last season. So there's some history that we're going off of here. It's really good. I mean, in general, the, the whole team was obviously stepping up, playing better. But it's good to see a guy like Froelich um, really step up, get those points. And I think a couple of them were actually like Ronaldo assists. So there you go. Um, but yeah, definitely one was for sure. Yeah. So like it's, it just goes to show you agreed, you know, a good coach gets a little bit more out of your players and I'm really happy to see Froelich, uh, really step up and, and frankly, it brings up his value if he continues this up. So maybe he can become a part of it, the trade. I think that's the clearest <laughs> example of a coaching change being successful for a player. Sure. And I mean, you're seeing lots of these examples in Calgary and Toronto right now, but Froelich perhaps the most obvious in terms of numbers and production and just general personality and demeanor. <laughs> he just looks a lot happier. But, I mean, tell me two questions. What do you think about Jeff Ward, and will he be the, the interim label? Is that going to get removed? I think he's, I, you know, from what I've seen, he seems like a really likable guy and a very capable He seems very capable like, coach. you know, 1950s strong and silent type. But but like also someone that you can approach if oh yeah if yeah. you're kind of like hey he, he like, seems very like this is my club and I'm gonna take care of it and these yeah. are my players and I'm gonna take care of them he's but, got that nurturing kind of ambiance yeah. to him right like he's he's gonna like help the players grow I, he I seems like, like you know someone that someone that you work with that you might respect a lot but at the same time you don't want to be around too much just because. I guess, in essence, he's kind of set up those the relationship boundaries between coach and player. He's like, yeah, you know, I'll come and I'll chat with you guys quickly, but I'm not going to stay too long. I think that's a bit of the things that goes on with him. And I think he's really good at recognizing the mood and giving opportunities when they present themselves. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting when... I mean, I don't know who else would get the job at this point. Well, I think the interim thing will get lifted if we make the playoffs this year and next season he sticks around. I think then it just it goes away. Yeah, but, but I don't think the intention is to have an interim head coach going into the playoffs. Yeah, like I think, I think if we're making the playoffs, I think at that point, you know, maybe Trelving's like, look, this is that carrot that I need to dangle in front of someone to see if we're going to make it. Like, it's too late to bring in another coach, I think, right now. I, it's well, maybe it's only not. about it's, it's 35, almost, 40%. Yeah, like, maybe it's not too late. Like, we have outlier examples like St. Louis from last season. But I think the other – I don't want to be a pessimist, but if you're an assistant coach – and you have a head coach who is known as being a dick, I guess, <laughs> now that we know that he's been a dick to players, you naturally take the good cop role. And so that's actually kind of important to remember. So he was this good cop probably for at least two seasons. Um, so th there's that angle too. So the players... But I mean, I don't really know who the bad cop is now. Well, 
yeah, so just think of it this way. Ward was this good cop for over a season, right? Yeah. The players probably did go to him whenever they thought Peters was being unfair or whatever, right? Yeah. Or he approached the players whenever Peters maybe reamed one out and he took the other guy's side like, look, man, like, he's he's just trying to show you what's going on here. Yeah, what you need yeah, to do. I get what so, you're saying. Smooth it over. Right. So I think... My only concern is the second that he kind of breaks that good, like he's probably transitioning more of that kind of neutral, like I'll be the good cop when need when need be and be the bad cop when need be. But I think once he kind of transitions to the to the hard ass guy at some point, I think the players may not respond as well. So I'm I'm just I'm being pessimistic, but the players are used to him being the good cop probably, right? And so that's why they're on this high right now and and all that. But now. It's like, okay, well, you do need to have the back cop from time to time. You do need to be able to tell a player, hey, what the fuck, right? Like, what was that? I think Jeff Ward can play that card from time to time. But I do think you're right. Generally, he's, he has the more softer, refined, easing over of the message touch. Yeah. And I, I think, honestly, I think all things considered, I mean, his record speaks for itself. Oh, his record's great right there, now. Sure, there's a bit of luck in there, but I mean, also, I think that speaks to the way he's connected with the roster immediately, and they feel comfortable playing for this guy. I mean, there's no... Sure, Johnny's message and Hannafin's message might have been a, a bit of a, a low blow to Peters, but I think there's definite truth in it is that they actually enjoy playing for Ward, and that he's a he has the respect, but the likability, you know? And to quote a bit of a Machiavelli, maybe he's got the feared and loved mix down pack, which is exactly what you want if you are a leader. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and we'll see that if we go through a losing streak. Yeah. That will be the true test of how he handles this group of players with the way, with his mentality, with his approach. I, I would like to see this team be a bit more of a win two, lose one, win three, lose one, win win two, lose two kind of team rather than so streaky as we've always been. But, I mean, heck, we all have our wants for the Flames. But so far, so good. I mean, we're, the, we're the Pacific at this point is wide open. Yeah, Arizona and, and Edmonton are above us, two teams that we can definitely catch. I mean, the game against Arizona, we absolutely ruined them. They didn't look anything much like a second or first place Pacific Division absolutely. team. Um, San Jose, LA, and Anaheim have absolutely shit the bed this year, and I don't look at any of that improving. So there's opportunity for us for sure. And I think we've got these bumps out of the way early. We've recovered really well. I think that Ward will be with the team for the foreseeable future. And I mean, I don't know about you, but it's nice to watch Flames games again. Absolutely. I'm super happy with this team. Let's go, Flames, go. Like, let's just keep this momentum going. I'm sure they'll come back hard and fast for the next game yeah so i mean if you've listened to this point congratulations I mean, you thank you it. because we revealed the contest details at the beginning so don't forget to enter um again thanks so much for listening we love it so much uh have yourselves a merry christmas happy new year we'll touch base soon when the flames are hopefully uh riding high in the pacific division have yourselves a great evening bye-bye Oh,